0: grace, and peace to you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, my brothers and my sisters in Christ. His name is Hank the Tank. He lives around South Lake Tahoe, California, traveling here and there, and his diet consists of pizza, pizza, and more pizza. It started when he discovered he could go into dumpsters behind local pizza joints and raid them for leftovers. But it didn't stop there. Hank the Tank went on to breaking into people's homes and people's cars in search of leftover pizza. He's got to have it. So if you're in in South Lake Tahoe, California, and you see Hank the Tank knocking on your car window or coming into your house, you would be kind of alarmed. Not only because he's an intruder, but also because he's a fully grown black bear. (laughs) Adult male black bears can get pretty heavy. Hank the Tank is pushing 500 pounds due to his predilection for Italian cuisine. <laughs> now you're laughing, and this story has attracted national news because of its, hu- its humorous nature, because Hank the Tank is exhibiting a lot of human characteristics. It's always funny when we see an animal kind of act like a person, isn't it? But it's no question if Hank the Tank were a person, it wouldn't be as funny. If Hank the Tank were your friend, you would be quite worried seeing them dive into dumpsters for food, break into people's houses because they gotta have pizza. And pizza's a good thing, don't get us wrong, but we all recognize the part of our human nature that is capable of taking a good thing and way overdoing it, right? Maybe you know someone who has an addiction and you look at what it is doing to their lives. Some addicts are able to keep things under wraps, are able to fake it till they make it, let's say. So you're able to have a conversation with them and you're none the wiser that their brain is screaming for them to get in their car and speed home so that they can partake of their particular addiction. But some addicts are not so lucky. The damage that they are doing to their bodies, to their lives, to their relationships, to their job is so obvious to you looking in on the outside. And you worry about them if you have a friend like this, don't you? You worry about what's going to happen to them. Can't they see what they are doing to themselves, you wonder? You agonize. But it's not so simple. We human beings, we're not as logical as we think we are. We are not always thinking about the outcomes of the consequences of particular decisions. We're not saying to ourselves, where is this going to wind me up in a couple weeks before we partake in this or that? Sometimes all it takes is the desire, the want to capture us in the moment and lead us down a dark path. When you are, when you are sitting at home pouring yourself your seventh glass of wine in one evening, you're not saying to yourself, "I know that this much alcohol in one evening is scientifically proven to be harmful to my body." I know that tomorrow I'm going to wake up with a pounding headache and I'm going to underperform at at work and with my family, but I'm just going to do it anyway, right? You're not saying that to yourself. You're looking at the way your seventh glass of wine glistens in the cup, how it promises to taste just as good as the previous six, if not even better. You are feeling yourself let go of the anxiety you have that evening over your arguments you had that day, over the deadlines that you're looking at later this month, and you just want more. And the desire for satisfaction in the moment leads you down that path. We're not saying that alcohol is the main culprit. It could be anything. We could be talking about anything. And it doesn't even have to be something bad. Alcohol itself is not bad. The abuse of it is. Sex in itself is a gift from God, but to pursue pleasure in a way God has not designed, that's where the problems occur. We human beings can take anything that is good and use it in a bad way. And it starts when a want becomes a need. When man, I've had a hard day, I would really like to relax. Becomes I've had a hard day, and I need to relax as quickly and as effectively as possible. And the only way I can is with a glass of scotch. I've had a hard week, I would really like to take it easy this weekend. Becomes I've had a hard week. So I need to recover as much as possible this weekend. I can't afford to lose that two hours of of extra sleep on Sunday morning. Sorry, Bible class. Sorry, church. But I need this. Otherwise, I'm not going to fully recover. And you catch the difference, right? When wants become needs, there's this whole extra layer of panic of urgency, I need to take care of this now, I need to enjoy myself now, I need to relax now, I need to recover now, because if I don't, I could die or lose it. Paul has a specific kind of person in mind. He wants to warn the Philippians against becoming this kind of person. God today wants to warn us against becoming this kind of person as well. And this is how Paul describes that kind of person. Many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. Your stomach. You can tell we're not just talking about your large and small intestine, not just the organs that process your food, but the place where hunger comes from. The way your stomach can grab your attention when you're really hungry and say to you through your brain, stop whatever you're doing and go get something to eat. Our desires for anything, food or otherwise, are a lot like that they grab our attention they have urgency go relax go chill go on a vacation stop working make me feel better your body is saying and what is the outcome of living like this constantly what is the outcome of making your entire life about satisfying that crying need that's in your brain paul says destruction destruction shame becoming an enemy of christ how because if the most important thing to you is feeling satisfied is having a good time and pursuing that at all costs there's going to be no room for christ in your heart what's worse is that you will have bought into the lie that your greatest needs, the needs not just of your body but of your soul, can be satisfied apart from Christ. And if you think you can take care of your soul's greatest needs apart from Jesus Christ, then you have made him into your enemy. But what if we were able to see our desires for what they really are? What if that craving for another drink was actually a craving for peace, for safety, for calmness? And what if we realize that a drink is not going to give you lasting, real peace? What if that crying desire for intimacy at all costs was actually our soul's greatest desire to be loved, to be known, to belong? And that, pursuing intimacy through porn or promiscuity or whatever form that it takes, is not going to satisfy. What if we saw all our desires for what they really are? Longing that can only be satisfied in Christ. Then we would be in for some very good news because not only can your greatest needs only be satisfied by christ but he's right here wide open for you for free this is how paul describes it our citizenship is in heaven and we eagerly await a savior from there the lord jesus christ who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so they will be like his glorious body. Paul points us to the resurrection. Yes, Jesus' resurrection, but your resurrection. Because, brothers and sisters, don't get us wrong, your body is not evil. Your body was created by God with wisdom and care and love and attention. Yes, your body is affected by sin. Yes, your body breaks down. Yes, your body's not going to last forever. Yes, death, which is a consequence of sin, may come for you if Jesus doesn't come first. Yes, your body produces emotions that can be very misleading at times. Yes, your body can produce desires that are better left ignored rather than indulged. But your body... Will be redeemed. Paul wants us to have in our heads to look forward to a day when Jesus Christ comes back. And what he's going to do by renewing you and resurrecting your body and glorifying it is he is taking away all longing, all desire, all lack, all wants, all needs because you will be fully satisfied. You will experience, when this happens, something you will never experience on earth, and that is true fulfillment. Real fulfillment. Not a temporary numbing the pain, but the removal of pain entirely. Not a temporary distraction from your anxiety, but for uh, the removal of all your problems, all your sources of anxiety. This, of course, brothers and sisters, can only happen in heaven when Jesus takes away all sin, all crying, all pain. But this is going to happen to you. It's promised to you, guaranteed to you through the death, resurrection of Jesus Christ. He has forgiven every sin you have committed in the vain pursuit of pleasure outside from him and he has shown you that only he truly fulfills your needs the effect of this is we are able to see our blessings for what they are blessings from a god who loves you not only was it enough for god to create you in love Not only was it enough for God to redeem you through his son Jesus after you had sinned and fallen away from him, when you rejected God, God brought you back to him in relationship with him. He could have stopped there. But on top of that, he gives you all these things in your life to make life better. But we know better now than to mistake the blessings for the one from whom they come. Your spouse is not God. Your car is not God. Your kids are not God. Your Xbox is not God. But all of these are blessings from a God who loves you, who he has given to you out of his grace. He doesn't need to give you these blessings, but he loves you that much. But just don't make the mistake of treating a blessing like it's God. Because your citizenship is not on this earth with its temporary satisfaction, with its temporary joys. Your citizenship is in heaven. Don't let blessings tether you to this world as if they're the most important thing because through Christ, you know that you have much, much better things coming. And they're coming. And not even death itself will stop Jesus from delivering on his promise. In this world, do you want, do you lack, do you desire peace and safety and security? Through Christ, you are at peace with God himself. Do you desire, do you want to be known, to be loved, to be welcomed, to be accepted? In Jesus Christ, your sins are atoned for and you are welcomed into the loving family of God himself. All of our desires, our deepest wants, our soul's desires, are satisfied, are fulfilled only in Jesus. So seek him first. All these other things, they're just icing on the cake. You do not need to go dumpster diving for pizza scraps when Jesus has set before you this bountiful harvest, this five-star, five-course meal that will satisfy your soul's deepest desires. What you need is Jesus, but you have Jesus, amen.